I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And little reminder, due to my inconsistency with this show, you may be interested in getting notifications whenever these episodes drop. If you want to be informed whenever new episodes are released, please hit that subscribe button. Not only will you get the notifications, but you'll also put a big old smile on my face. My guest today is a teacher slash soldier slash father slash part-time ninja. I'm talking about my new friend, Chris Keola. After meeting him at martial arts, I knew he had to be on this show. Not only does he do awesome stuff for his students as well as America, but he also dresses up like Maui and blows people's minds with his nunchuck skills. I better stop right there and let this episode speak for itself. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my new friend, Chris Keola. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sattels, and you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. Thirty-nine-year-old man, a teacher, a martial artist, grew up on Ninja Turtles, plays with perler beads. I know what you're thinking. We're eighty-five episodes in, and you know me by now. You think you're talking? I'm talking about myself. You would be wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am introducing the man himself, my new friend here in town. Chris, and you're a really new friend, so remind me your last name. Keola. Chris Keola. Yeah. Uh, kind of hit it off right, right away, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's kind of hard when you're a middle-aged man with a, a bunch of kids, teaching job. Yeah, I mean, you got the military mm-hmm. going on. It's hard to find, like, new friends, like real friends. Yeah, it is. It's very hard. But uh, we kind of just hit it off, dude. You yeah. should just start chatting away with me. I'm like, oh, this is a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah, so I met you through martial arts. Is martial arts been something you've been into forever, or is this a, a new passion of yours? It, it's been something I've I've always been into, but not officially. I I always wanted to do karate or some kind of martial art as a kid. Grew up watching Ninja Turtles, Bruce Lee, um, you know, Sean Claude Van Damme, Bloodsport, all that, and I wanted to do it so bad. But my dad was like, "Nah, you got to play football." You got to play football, baseball, basketball, and I think it's because it was more affordable. Rec league, you know, fifty bucks, and you're in for the whole league. Um, yeah, that's fifty bucks. I mean, that's back when we were kids. I was like, maybe a month of martial arts, probably yeah, not. Yeah. So I, I always wanted to do it, and I always had some kind of um, equipment set up, and it was all real makeshift. Like I would hang like a rope in the backyard and punch it, or I would be in my room at eight o'clock at night, you know, just practicing kicks and you know it was all made up and what i'd see on tv so i never really had any actual martial arts training as a kid i wasn't until i got older that i actually could uh get involved in something and uh so you didn't start training until you were an adult correct oh yeah. my gosh i started man. when i was like uh gosh i don't remember i started um when i was in college 
I did uh, about two and a half years of Wing Chun Kung Fu. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with Wing Chun. Yeah, Wing, it was, it's a great art. It's, it's very versatile, um, and, and I enjoyed it a lot, and I trained with a lot of great guys. Uh, so I did that for a little while. Uh, that kind of fell off because uh, the, the, the Sifu had moved to school to a, a, a much further away place, so my, my ride got really far. So I gave that up, and then I, started, I did Aikido in Vineland for just about two years, which is I, Aikido kind of like a, a karate type uh, art. Not so much. It, no? It's really passive. It, it's about redirecting energy. And I, I do yeah, know about that. Yeah. It's basically a very defensive, like they're throwing something at you, how to react. To exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Those are two really, I mean, most people start off with either nowadays, uh, karate or jujitsu. You started with Kung Fu. Yeah, it was uh, it was really cool because with kung fu you feel like I've always felt like I was studying some <laughs> deep mystical art of, that nobody knew anything about. And Bro, how cool were ninjas when we were kids? They were pretty cool. They're still cool. They're still cool. They don't go out of style, right? No, no, no. no. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know about you. So big influence in my life, huge is Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily Michelangelo, and okay. uh, I mean I know he's like the party dude, but just the way he's like a, a, a nice, good guy, but at the same time could like kick some butt, have have a lot of fun. Yep, yep. He's and a do gooder. It's a good influence for me. Yeah. yeah. But so what movies or like shows besides Ninja Turtles? Because I know there was so much when we were kids. Uh, we were talking about one the other day with your Chucks. Oh, uh, Sidekicks. You're talking about the movie Sidekicks. Yeah, because oh, you yeah, know that... we have to talk about your Chucking, uh, sir. Yeah, yes, we do have to talk about that, um, which which is, is is kind of like a a secret. It's like my, my best kept secret. I, I, I don't know. I don't often f- flaunt that. So for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, can I talk about the video? Yeah, you can talk about it. So Chris, send, yeah, Chris sends me a video with a big uh, a note on there to not show anybody. Now, for those of you familiar <laughs> with uh, the movie Moana, you might remember the song, You're Welcome, The Rock. So, dude, you must have been so nervous, first of all. So, you know what? Why am I... Why am I even describing it? Dude, can you tell the listeners what you did on stage? Because I was thinking with all the stuff I do on stage and all the risks I take in my life, I know that if I was going to do what you did, I would have been so nervous beforehand. Like, so nervous. I, I was really nervous, but also I, w- I was actually really prepared for that. So, excuse me. This was uh, back in 2017. I was deployed overseas. And it was a six-month rotation, so I had been gone for a while, and and uh, about two months into it, they had announced that they were going to have this like talent show, and I was like, hmm. And, and I knew that it was it still wasn't going to be for like three months, so it was going to be the fifth month that I was there, close to the sixth month I was there towards the end of my tour, and I thought that you know if if I did this, it would help take my mind off things because I. I tend to get kind of lonely when I when I go away on you know mm. that type of stuff. So I said, if I do this, it'll uh, it'll keep my mind occupied and I can think about something and kind of yeah, you know, something creative. That's yeah, a great yeah. way to. Keep- so so I had a lot of time to prepare for this, and um, I remember initially thinking that this is a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell my kids, you know, hey, I love you, girls. It's all good, and do this little uh, Maui thing, and then. I, I have a habit, and I, I know this about myself, of coming up with really good ideas, 
and then kind of talking myself out of it. Really? Yeah, but I, I, like I swore to myself up front, I was like, you're not going to talk yourself out of this, Chris. There's no way you're going you're gonna to see this through to the end. You're in it. You're done. So I, 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 what sparked the idea? Before you go on, I need to know what because the idea is bonkers. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I really don't know where it came from. It just, it just popped up in my head. I'm like, oh, I could do some nunchucks and dress up like Maui. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Something that's never been done before. Yeah. So, so I got, I got to rehearse a little bit, and and uh, I, I had two of my buddies who were there with me. I said, hey, can I? Um, can I show you this routine? I want you to tell me if it's good or not. I said, and they said, okay. And this was like a couple weeks before. So I go through the whole thing and it's just the two of them and me in the shop. And I do this whole routine and, and they're like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then they uh, said, wait, hold on. You're, they said it was good. They said it was pretty good. They said it was pretty good. Yeah. You got some tough friends. Man. I know there's, there's a tough crowd. <laughs> so, uh, later, um, Anthony comes up to me. He goes, "Hey, are you are you going to do like tattoos and everything?" And I'm like, "I was going to, yeah." And he goes, "Do you want some help?" So I said, "Okay." So we got a bunch of dry erase markers, and we started doing all all the tattoos. Oh, I didn't know. What so, you're so you're talking about yeah, the Maui tattoos? Yes, yes. All the because it's all tatted up. So we, you know, fast forward to the day before, actually the day of, we're in my in my dorm room, and and I have no shirt on. And he's just color he's like drawing tattoos on my chest and i'm drawing tattoos on my arms and it's like an hour of silence we're not talking to each other did you actually base it off maui's actual oh, it, was, it was it was straight it was legit straight up no we, we we zoomed up and did the, we did it everything and he and he there's one point where he looks at me and and like i look at him and he's like don't tell anybody about this <laughs> and i'm like okay so and here you are on a podcast so yeah that. yeah well no so what happened was we did i did the whole routine it was really great and I wound up winning the talent show, which was cool. Oh. So he comes up to me afterwards and he's like, I did his tattoos. I did his <laughs> tattoos. And I'm like, dude, you were, you were ashamed of this. Like, you know, an dude, hour that, ago. But what, it, was, it was that, really cool. That act that you did could have definitely gone south. Way south. Um, yeah. So I, it wasn't my first time doing a nunchuck show, though. I had done one when I was in high school for, uh, I went to Absagami, so I was in the Mr. Absagami competition, and I did the nunchucks there, but it was nothing of the caliber that I did uh, for that. Well, I, I went all out. That was probably one of the most proud moments is doing that, not just winning that, but the whole process of, of coming up with the idea. I, 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 I sewed that little skirt out of, like, scraps of, of clothes. The, the way I... I, I created the pockets that hold, you know, would hold the nunchucks. You don't see them until, you know, two minutes into it, a nunchuck comes out of nowhere, and then another two minutes go, go, goes by, and another one comes up. And just rehearsing that, getting that out and flawless and everything, the whole execution start to finish was, it was really a lot of work for like three and a half minutes of a performance. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just really proud of that. And, and the fact that I got to show my, my two girls like, hey, I, I'm thinking about you. I'm over here, and I love you both. And check this out. And and they're they're they they still talk about it. Like every time that song comes on, I have to sing it. Like every day, Daddy, you got to sing Maui. And I'm like, okay. dude, it's moments like that yeah. that life is all about. I hope someone who's listening actually gets uh, uh, inspired by that because you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to. And for those of you who've never seen this video, which is I'm guessing all of you, mm -hmm. I mean, he comes on stage. He rips his shirt off <laughs> and like he's fully tattooed up 
And uh, then there's technical difficulties, oh, yeah. Yeah. which could that could have made things go south. But he played it really cool. Music comes on, and like he said, he starts off with uh, just dancing, and all of a sudden a chuck comes out. You don't even know he has nunchucks on him. What do you, you have in the back? I had sewn a pocket in the back, yeah, because they stayed in really yeah. well. And you know he's doing this routine with one nunchuck, and you can just tell the audience is eating it up. There was when he took his shirt off and everything before it even started. One guy said something like, "It was already worth the show," or something yeah, along those yeah. lines. Like that he was, was so yeah. stoked about it. And then at after I believe I don't know a couple choruses, he breaks out, which you didn't know was there, a second nunchuck, and he is waving these around in unison and. I got to say, I was saying a lot of things could have gone south. In my eyes, like you might have seen something I didn't, but I thought that routine was perfect. Thank you. I really appreciate you saying that. Your timing, your, uh, your, your enthusiasm, like it was perfect. And that the, fact, that the fact that your daughters got to see you do that, like not too many kids get to see their dad kicking butt on stage. I, ha- I had talked to my wife later um, a little while later and I said I said how did it go and she was she was crying she was she was so happy with it Olivia was really happy and Elena at the time I think was like two or three and and all she was saying the entire video was like where is Moana where's Moana where's Moana (laughs) so she's mad at you at this point she was mad at me for no Moana (laughs) you messed up bro should have got Moana but speaking of which so uh, as you mentioned in the beginning of this show, you and I met uh, via martial arts, and you have this affinity for Michelangelo, and I have, um, you know, my my nunchucking history. I w- and I was so stoked about being on the show, and really, really happy that uh, you invited me. I-, I actually brought you a gift. No way! I sure did. No way! And I'm gonna break it out right here. Oh, I hear clanky clank. You guys. <laughs> oh, dude. So, Dude, so did ma- you make these? Making these things is sort of like a uh, pastime. Both? both of them. I got double chucks. You, you don't get one without the other. So I, ever since I was like seven or eight years old, and I got my hands on a miter saw, I've been making nunchucks. Get it's, it's out kind of, of here! It's like a part of. I just enjoy it. I have a bunch of them, and I do different styles and designs. And they were not actually supposed to be metal. You put me under the gun because, as you know, we were supposed to do this in two weeks. Yes, so yes, thank you go, for filling in today. Yeah, no, no, no worries. We, I was going to go to the store, and I was going to get a nice hardwood, and so I, have, I usually do it with 550 cord, and I ran out the tractor supply today to get a couple of uh, piece, a couple of broomsticks. They didn't have any. Mm. So then I run over to ShopRite, and who did I run into? You. I saw yes. you at ShopRite. So, so and, I and saw I you all, like a couple hours frantic. ago. I was, I was frantic when you saw me, and you're like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I'm running around. I, I'm looking for something. I can't find it. And you're like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I'll tell you later. And then I left, which I'm still sorry about leaving. you kind of hanging like that. But I had to get home before, before the girls got off the bus. So I wound up going home, and I was so mad because I didn't have the materials that I needed to make this gift for you. And I had remembered about a, a year and a half ago, I set aside this piece of metal. And I was like, hmm, could I use that? So I used the metal, and I happened to have some, some chain and, and a couple of screws. So... I, w- I wanted to say thank you for having me on, and uh, 
I, I appreciate your new friendship and our, our martial arts bond. Dude. So those, those are for you. This, this hands down, this is, a, this is a 10. Just like your performance, this is a 10 gift for me. Uh, you know, we, that picture we took originally of you at the beginning of the podcast, we need to take another one with <laughs> okay. the Chucks at the okay. end. Okay. Oh, see, if you're a former guest and you're listening, why didn't you bring me Chucks? No, 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 I'm not trying. You, you know what it is. I, 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 I was really nervous. Uh, leading up to this, I always get really nervous. Even though, like, I've done a ton of public speaking things, and I always get really nervous. And uh, probably the worst thing I did was I listened to the podcast with Mary, ah. and she's talking about all this stuff that she does, and I'm like, "Wow, she's amazing." <laughs> I'm not, and and I, like, I got to stop comparing myself. That's, well, dude, that's, that's one of the things that I do is I constantly compare myself to other people and. And uh, do you I, really? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Constantly. I don't know if constantly, but. You know, I, I, but I, like, in what sense? Like, it, it, that must be really exhausting because, like, you know, that's a, a woman who is, you know, completely different from you. Well, I, I do have to give you some credit because as as I'm listening to the podcast with her and she's talking about National Night Out and all these, the, the um, what's the other one that she picked up? Uh, I don't know. Like you thing? said, she says she does so. Yeah, much. she does all this stuff, and I'm like, you know, I really want to do more. I want to get involved, and I'm like, I could be on the. National Night Planning Committee or something. And I'm, I'm thinking about how do I get involved? Like, how do I do more? And then you stop and you're like, hey, for those of you that are listening, uh, if you want, what would you suggest, Mary, for anybody who wants to get involved? And I just thought it was really well-timed. You did a great job of kind of pulling that into the, to the listener because I felt like you were talking to me when, when you asked her that question because I was thinking the same exact thing. And it was really well done. It was really well timed. Thanks, man. Thank you. I'm in this really cool position here in Hamilton. Like, I've never had this kind of, um, I don't know if pull or is the right word, but because uh, I know everyone in town. Like, I'm, yeah, able to, I'm able to do so many things from the Lions Club to National Night Out to, like, the list is endless. I get to do so many things because I get invited. I bring my big prize wheel. But, man, if you ever want to help out in any of these things and, and there's availability, I'll, I'll reach out to yeah, you. Yeah, do, please, because I, I do want to be more involved. And, and now I could say, oh, well, I'm, I'm a dad. I got two kids. You have four kids, so now I have no excuse. <laughs> So thank you for setting the bar high. Well, dude, if you want to write, if you want to take that path, it's uh, it's an intense path. Yeah, but no, uh, I, I admire what you do. Thank you, dude. So uh, I've been doing the series here on the podcast uh, about teachers. Okay, uh, it's uh, it's a passion of mine. Obviously, you know, I own the school, mm-hmm. and I, I love having teachers on. The funny thing, though, is this: teachers are, for whatever reason, teachers are so nervous they don't want to come on my show. Teachers by nature, I think, are, are a little, are humble. They're not used to, I mean, I guess some are, but I think most are, you know, they just want to do their job and make a difference. And Yeah, they don't want to shine the light on yeah, themselves. Yeah, that, that, I think that's, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Not that's, that I want to, but <laughs> I, I understand. You should, man. It's a bright light. <laughs> um, we have a similar history as well with all the other things we have in common. You, uh, when you were a child... Uh, you were picked on for being fat, right? Yeah, I was. I was. I was. Uh, I was quite a hefty child. How hefty we talking? I, I asked that because you're, you're was, slim and trim now. I, I was. I think I was 160 pounds when I was in fourth grade. I, I was. I was pretty big. Ooh, yeah, I, holy I, I, moly! I had, I had some weight. So, uh, I, and and I that I I still have. I still carry with me some of those, like, I guess, image issues. Like I don't. 
I, I guess I, I still see that kid who's like overweight when I look in the mirror, no matter like, like in that video, like I was 168 pounds Dude, in, you, that, in you that video. Kind of ripped. I was, I was very, very light. I hadn't been, I, I don't think I've ever been that, uh, lean in my entire life. It you even, trained hard for that performance, I, huh? I, I did, and even even with that, like I would still look in the mirror and think, like, oh my gosh, like you got to lose that that little bit of belly there. Really, like, it, it man? seems like no matter what I do, I always have have like this. Uh, in your head, do you know that when people look at you, they see a thin person? <sighs> yes and no. Like, yeah, I, I people tell me they're like, oh, you're so thin and lean, and you're you know you have a tall body frame and all that other stuff, and and I get it, and but but you know I, I I'm, I'm getting better. It, it's gotten better over the years. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really tough on myself when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I, for um, probably twenty years now, I've I've counted calories. Like I count everything I eat. I log like everything. Like strictly. Pretty for, well. It depends on the season. Most of the time, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. Strict. What do you aim for? Like two thousand. It, it depends. It depends on what I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to to put on a little bit of muscle, I'll eat more. So I might go up to twenty eight or three thousand. If um, I'm trying, go ahead. no, just n- not to be obsessive uh, about. If you're not being obsessive, if you're just counting calories, I mean that's a really good habit to have. I don't like beat myself up if I go over, uh, but but I, I think I like the numbers of it because I'm I'm a science teacher and, and I've always enjoyed science and numbers and that kind of stuff. So, and and I like to consider myself like my own experiment. So I enjoy the numbers, the games, the balance and the macronutrients and, and just logging everything. So, so I guess it appeals to my scientific nature, but even before like we had smartphones, I had a, um, I had a, a book, I bought a book from borders. Uh. It was the, like, the, the nutrient diary and you'd have, I'd look everything up and I had, a, <laughs> I'd put it in an Excel spreadsheet and I'd calculate everything. I was an eat and for, I did Excel spreadsheet formulas for all my, wow, man. my date. What my did diet. they say to you? Cause when I was a kid, I was also chubby, and um, oh my gosh, man! I feel like, like you're my, I know like my twin brother. I the only th- yeah, I know. I feel the same way, except I feel like you're more you're a perfectionist, aren't you? Sometimes, yeah. I feel like you are way more organized and perfection. Like I'm very uh, improvisational, maybe. I guess I, I do like order and structure. Yeah, see, I'm guilty of that. I'm a controlled chaos kind of guy. Yeah. I guess you would say, uh, but other than that, yeah, dude. Um, they would call me, and I'll, I, it's so crazy when these things happen as a kid, how it burns. Mm-hmm. It burns into your brain, and it's there for the rest of your life. I literally literally remember a group of girls for no reason, no reason at all. I'm just walking up to the teacher's desk, and they're like, hey, Porky. Oh. <laughs> hey, Porky. And, of course, yeah. at the time, I was just like, oh. I just walked back to my chair. I think I went home and said, Mom, Dad, you send me sign me up for Taekwondo. <laughs> like, you know, just I was so tired of getting picked on, and it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that. I hope that doesn't happen in schools nowadays, like it used to. I hope. I hope so. I hope it doesn't. But it was I'm, so unchecked when it was happening to me. Yeah, th- there's there's more, you know, policies and procedures with Hib and everything like that. So, so yeah, what I, what would what were your experiences like? What would, uh, I remember I was it was a lot to do with with girls. I remember just. As I grew up, as I got older, like girls just wouldn't have interest in me. I, I got called my my nickname was Chunks Ahoy. <laughs> no, are you laughing at me? No, no I'm laughing with you. I hope <laughs> you're laughing, so I'm laughing yeah, with no, you. It, it's good. That's a good one, though. I, I it's had a lot ac- better than Porky. I, I had I had actually learned to embrace it, and there was a, there was a time where where I kind of accepted it. 
I remember we, uh, so I had two good friends, Jim and Dave, when I was growing up, and I was, you know, the weight of both of them together. So we would always play like WWF. Then it was WWF outside. It's still and, WWF to me. I know. It's, it's <laughs> no matter what you change, you can't change the letters. I can't. So we would wrestle out in, in this front yard, and it was always me versus two of them because I would just toss them around. And there was one time where, uh, where, where they called a timeout, the two of them, so they could do a huddle. And I didn't hear it. And they were standing over by the bush, and I like shoulder charged Jim into the bush. And he got up and he was so mad. Like I had never seen like fire in somebody's eyes. Like he, oh, he, he had, had, and he just walked up to me and he cracked me right in the jaw. No way. <laughs> yeah. Like that, right here on the side? Boom. Right. Yeah. Right in the face. Big hook punch. Yeah. And when he hit me, I remember like I went a little nuts too. Like I didn't remember feeling the punch. But I grabbed him by the... saw sh- red. I did. I think I saw black. One of those two colors. Yeah. And yeah. I grabbed him by the shoulders, and I turned him around, so was, his back was to my chest, and I put him, my arms around his... A body lock? Like 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 a Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, like and a I, belly to back. And, and I jumped on the ground with him between me and the ground. Like, I did a belly Wait, flop. Wait, so you went forward. Forward, yeah, forward, and just completely buried him in the ground. Smush. And he he ran like it was it wasn't it wasn't pretty it was it wasn't pretty dude I can't wait till you hear your voice when you said that and he ran <laughs> so but from then on like it was I had realized that you know my my weight could be an advantage I, I didn't like I wasn't happy that I hurt my friend because afterwards I was like dude I'm sorry and. He, and we, we nicknamed that move the Sumo Slam. <laughs> so even to this day, we talk about the Sumo Slam. But oh, you're still friends with Jim? Yeah, yeah, Jim and I are still buddies. Um, so, so I had realized then that my weight was kind of an advantage. And then in baseball, I started becoming a pretty good hitter. And then so when I'd hit, um, if I ever got a home run or – you know, I'd be trotting around the bases, and they would say, "Chunks ahoy, chunks ahoy." Oh, so no, I, I just, dude. I the, just, embr- no, but no adult was like, "Hey, no, no, not then." Uh, but, but to me, it was, it became a, uh, a term of endearment because really, it didn't bother you at the end. At, at that point, no, because it, it was my, because it was like my friends. It, at least I think you know, I it was yeah, it that was, was friends. It was yeah. my team, you know. So it wasn't like I didn't feel like it was in bed, uh, in bed. I doubt. If they were your friends, that they had any idea the mental impact no, those no, words no. was I, making I, on you. I think, and you might even be able to attest to this. When when you're heavy as a kid, uh, you you develop a certain level of emotional intelligence, and you start to be able to read people a certain kind of way, and and you because you're a, paying attention. Yeah, and you get a knack for who's being sincere and who's not, and uh, that that's a that's definitely another skill that I think I've picked up from those experiences. Is just being able to kind of know who's being authentic and who's not. And, and, uh, and I, I think I could just tell like, you know, when that was happening, it wasn't, it wasn't insincere because I knew what insincere looked like. I, I knew what, uh, what meanness looked like. So, you know, if you, if you want to know what it doesn't look like, you have to know what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point did you finally make the change that you started losing weight and getting yourself in shape? Um, so, so my stepmom, my, my dad remarried, my stepmom came in and, and she implemented some pretty tough dietary changes and she helped me uh, shed quite a bit of weight. And then I, I, I think that sort of set the stage for realizing that I could. So I, I lost a little bit of weight from like sixth to eighth grade, but by, by eighth grade, I was, I was a little bit thinner. Um, and then when I got into uh, playing sports and in um, high school, 
I sent down. I, I, had a, I had a pretty normal body structure throughout most of high school because I was doing football and, and track and field, winter and summer, uh, winter and spring track. But I broke my foot my senior year, and I blew up because uh, I, really? I, yeah, I, I broke my my uh, right metatarsal throwing a shot put because I was a shot putter. And uh, I just landed on it wrong, broke it, and that set off this mm. kind of strength because I, I was just used to being able to maintain my weight from the athletics. So I kept eating but not working out. So I started putting on weight, and uh, freshman year of college was bad. I started delivering pizza at late at night, you know, so mm. all the leftover pizza and, and, and food we, we would take it. Oh, my, it was more like freshman 50. <laughs> I was – I was two. I was up to two hundred sixty-five. No pounds way! When I was a freshman, it's so hard to imagine that looking it, at you now. It, it, it's hard to imagine myself. Yeah. So I got I got up there and wait, and then I had a. Um, I was dating a girl, and and we broke up, and her her sister said some oh, no. things. Oh no! And then it, it, no, it, dude. It, it was it was hurtful. Absolutely, it was hurtful. But to your but face? It was, oh yeah. But it, it was it was kind of tr- it was true, she, and and it kind of made me think like you know what I really have lost control of my eating habits so then it was just like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make some changes and that's when i started counting my calories and and going to the gym on a regular basis and 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 just doing things that were like at at that point i vowed i'm gonna do the things that are are tough like the things that i i see and hear and and people recommend and i'm like oh that that's too hard i won't do that that's what i'm gonna do so I, i started just i just you know, small, small increments, little, little wins, you know, five, five pounds here, five pounds there. And I got down to about 180. I, I, I had gotten down to, and that 180 is right about my, I consider 180 my good, my good lean weight. I'm not super thin, but like right now I'm about 190. So I could, I could use to, I, I don't feel great right now. So I'm, I'm trying to trim out a little bit, but 180 is right about where I sit nicely and comfortably. You did it right, though. Or just take it because a lot of people, those New Year's resolutions, or they have these big dreams of like looking like someone off a magazine. It's like, why don't we just get on the treadmill or lift a couple weights and, and drop a few here or there? Well, I, I understood the numbers of calories. Like, you know, there's, there's 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. And, and if, you, if you lose too much at a time, your body goes into starvation mode. So what I, what I had researched was that, you know, one to two pounds a week is really what your body can do. And in order to do that, you need to go into about a 500 calorie deficit from your basal metabolic rate. So if you're supposed to eat you know, 2,400 calories, you eat 1,900. Right. And it's like, okay, I really want to hone in on that weight loss because I, I don't want my body to go into starvation mode and start slowing my metabolism, but I need to make sure that I'm not eating too much. So I, I really tuned into that number, and I had a lot of success doing that. That's smart. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, and and it's something that I still uh, uh, attest to. I, I still try to to go that route. I still, you know, I still look at trimming back a couple hundred calories. Like I'll never go on a crazy crash diet or detox or lemonade and cayenne pepper. Nonsense. Do you have a cheat day? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I have more like a cheat meal. I don't do a whole day. Yeah, I really should just stick it to a meal because by the end of my cheat days, I'm like. Why did I do that? And and it's not so much. I don't. I don't really do cheat days. I'll do like occasions. Like okay, it's it's my birthday or it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or you know where it's the end of the week and I have a really hard week. So. It's crazy. There's only a ten pound difference between you when you were at your heaviest as a child and you as Maui. <laughs> yeah, now that you say it like right. that, is that's yeah, that's, that's pretty, crazy. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um. So did any of these things that happened to you? 
as a kid, were they the inspiration to become an educator? Or how did that start? When I, so when I graduated high school, I, I thought I wanted to be like a psychologist or a counselor. So I, I started going to Stockton and I did two years as a psych major there. And, and I realized that that really wasn't what I wanted to do. No, um, you didn't want to give people therapy. No, no, I, that's a, that's a different podcast. Okay. But, um, so I was like, nah, I don't really want to do that. So that, and I, I, I left Stockton and I, I enlisted in the New Jersey air national guard, went to basic, uh, actually met my wife when I was in tech school and, uh, she was from North Carolina. So she actually wound up moving up to New Jersey. And then I, I basically started my, my college again over. So I went, I wanted to be an engineer. I, I set off with being a mechanical engineer I started going to Camden County, and um, so I did a year at Camden County, and I applied to the Rowan Engineering Program, and they they said no, we don't we don't want you, in, in not so many words, but so I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll ju- I'll just keep taking classes, but I kind of realized along the way that I, I really enjoyed the element of like working one on one with people. I, I always like enjoyed explaining things to people, and and I re- I, I I started. Um, liking public speaking. In fact, uh, Val, my wife, went to Camden County. We went to Camden County at the same time. So we said, hey, let's take a class together. We're going to college together. Let's take a class together. We, have, we both had to take public speaking. Oh, my God. Dude, I don't know about you. I was, I'd be nervous like a month ahead of time before my speeches. Uh, so we, the first one we had to do was about somebody who was influential and made, a, made an impact in our lives. So I'm, I'm sitting and I'm, I'm thinking about what I want this to be about and I can't really think of anybody. I'm like, oh, maybe Abraham Lincoln. What, what, what did he? What did he do? Like, and I started looking up things, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, dear, Roosevelt. And I'm like, I don't know any anybody. I'm not terrible at history, so I say, you know what? I'm going to stop taking myself so seriously with this. So I come up with this idea, and my speech comes, and, and Val doesn't have any idea what my speech is about. And I get up there, and I'm like, you know, the people that influence me are the Ninja Turtles, and I said. Uh, I'm 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 a little bit like Leonardo because he's like a leader. I'm a little bit like Mike Man like Michelangelo because I enjoy having fun. I'm a little bit like Raph because I get angry sometimes, and I'm a little bit like Donatello because I'm kind of a nerd. And then each day I grow older and wiser, I feel a little bit more like Splinter. And now my speech was all based on, and it was a huge hit. And something about that moment when I realized, like, I don't I don't have to be this wise sage up on the, on the stage. I can just be me and talk about things that I, I think are enjoyable and be a real person. And people actually like kind of want to listen. And then it's just kind of been this, I, I still get nervous every time I do a, an engagement. Even, even this, I was nervous That's for, good. but it, it's like, you know, if you, if you got the stage and you got something cool to say, people want you to tell them something cool. So just tell them what you're going to tell them. And, and it's, it's all, what really gets me through any of that type of stuff is just like imagining that I'm having a conversation with somebody in the audience, like, and they're asking me questions, except I'm not actually answering their questions. I'm like imagining their questions. So it's like a, it's like this dialogue that I have with my imaginary friend, but yeah. That's awesome. So I try to explain that to people all the time, you know, public speaking, kind of my thing. I do it all the time. 
and it feels good. I don't know about for you, but for me, because I was so nervous before and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I thought that there were people who did it and that's not me. And now here I am. It still feels good. It like does. here it I does. am doing this thing that everyone else is scared to do. But, um, God, that's such good advice. I'm always trying to tell people who are going to come up for a talent show or speak in front of the class, some good advice. And that's really good. Don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Uh, even my wife, before she did a podcast recently, she's like, oh, what if I mess up? What if I, I'm like, then say who, you messed up. Yeah, yeah. That's when it gets messed up is when you worry if you're going to mess up. And, and messing up really isn't entirely bad in itself because no. it, it shows that you're a human. And like, if, if you have a good stage presence and you make mistakes, the person in the audience is like, oh, they're really good, but hey, they made a mistake. So maybe I don't have to be perfect to it. And in, in a way, you might be inspiring somebody. Yeah, maybe. That's definitely a possibility. I also think that uh, the audience is feeling your energy and it they're not taking your uh, uh, word. They're not listening to word by word and looking for perfection. They're looking for a feeling. And if you're feeling uh, self-doubt, I think the audience knows it. If you're feeling bad about stuttering or saying the wrong word, the audience feels that. Also, if you say the wrong word and then you laugh about it and <laughs> self-deprecate, yeah. suddenly you're friends with everyone in the audience and they can relate. They love that stuff. I, I think what holds a lot of people up from from getting on stage is this feeling that you have to be the subject matter expert. Like you need to mm. be the smartest person in the room. If if I'm going to get up there and talk about something, I have to have all the answers. And and you don't. No. Well, you should have a good idea what you're talking about. Yeah. But you don't you don't have to know everything. And, and and you can put that out there up front. Like, hey, I'm not the subject matter expert. These are the lessons that I've learned and I want to share them with you. Or, you know, however you go about it, you don't have to claim to be the best. And if you get a question and you don't know how to answer it, you just say, hey, it's a really great question. I'd, I'd like to find that out. Yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's all about not taking yourself too seriously or the speech too seriously. Mm-hmm. Take it as serious as it is. And just have fun, because mm-hmm. if you can have fun out there, the audience will have fun. Th- yep. Those are really good advice. That, that's all really solid advice. I'll probably steal that from my future <laughs> students, for sure. Uh, okay, so you realize you enjoy public speaking from your Ninja Turtles speech. Yep, oh, yep. man, that's that, awesome. That was a game changer. No doubt. If I was in that audience, it would have changed my life, too. <laughs> yeah, so what then? Like, uh, How did that lead to teaching? So so I, I, I just kind of thought, you know what, hey, I, I could... I could I might be able to teach. And I took an education course and I enjoyed it. I was, it was um, like foundation. Yeah. It was like some learning foundation. And, and then I did a, like a field observation. I went to Williamstown high school and I watched a, a science teacher teach for once or twice. So at the time science teachers were really in demand and they're like, Oh, you could just get your alternate route degree. Like I didn't get an educational degree. I just got my science degree. I got my uh, alternate route degree. Yeah. So it, it's the alternate route is when I, I say it two different ways. Uh, it's when you go, <laughs> tomato, you, you, get, you get hired with, without a, a certificate, but then you go to classes at night during your first year of teaching mm. and you kind of get your, uh, your teaching certificate parallel to your first year of teaching. Cause you need that as a, as a public school teacher. Yes. Right? Yeah. You have to be yeah. certified. So I, I, um, I graduated with my, uh, I, I majored in physical science with a concentration in physics and I minored in journalism. And I went to, uh, I applied at Vineland High School and I went into my interview and they're like, you don't have any experience. I'm like, yep, 
I've, and, and at the point, I, ha- I didn't. I never substitute taught. I didn't do student teaching. I didn't do anything. And they're like, oh, you have military experience. And I'm like, and I'm like yep. And they said, we need somebody for in-school suspension. And I said, sign me up. So they hired me. And <laughs> I did in-school suspension the first year. And what? Yeah, so they, they gave me two periods of in-school suspension and four periods of, of science to oh, teach. Oh, so you got to teach. Yeah, I did teach. Okay, I thought and, you meant like you were in detention all day. No, no, that would have been awful. Oh, God. So I guess they realized that I could teach, and they didn't give me ISS after that. And then I just, I did my, I went to school at night. I went to uh, um, Millville. I did it in Millville. and uh, I, What, getting your master's? Or? No, it was it was my alternate route program. Oh, right, right. So right. I had to go like Tuesday and Thursday at night for a couple hours, and we did lessons and stuff like that. And it was actually, it was a good experience. Uh, it was like a little cohort. And in I got, reality, am I right by saying you can go all the classes you want? You learn when you're in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah, you learn probably 95% of it in, yeah. in the classroom, yeah. I mean, you do pick up good stuff here and there, but the experience is really, you know. it's Nothing beats experience. No, not at all. So I got my, my certificate through the alternate route, and then um, in, uh, what was it, 2015, I went back and got my master's from Rowan in, in uh, educational leadership. So I have my principal cert, but I haven't really pursued becoming a principal yet. You got I, certified to be a principal? Yep. Holy cow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to do it or not. I kind of do. I kind of don't. I, I think I just don't want to do it right now because my, 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 you know, the age of the kids and stuff, it, it's a big commitment. And Your kids. Yeah, my yeah. kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can vouch for the position saying when I was a teacher, I used to look at my principal and I'm like... I don't know how you do it. Like, you know, if I ever had an issue with someone, at least I wasn't the end of the line. Like yeah. I send someone to the principal, that's the end of the line. Yeah. I was always nervous. One day, could I ever be the end of the line? And now I am. And, you know, it's a very demanding job. Let me say that again. It is a very demanding job. <laughs> but God, man, is it rewarding. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if, if I do it, I, I would want to be... In the right, uh, in the right season of my life, and and be able to commit to it because I know it's, it's going to be more time, more commitment than than being a teacher, and I understand that. So I don't want to get responsibility. In, yeah, a lot more, more stress, and, but but like you said, more more reward. So I don't want to get into that without being fully prepared for it. And I, I'm just not ready for that where I'm at in my life. So. That's smart. Yeah, don't do it until you're ready. That's for sure. Uh, and so you, you get yourself in the classroom. What were those first few years like? Oh my gosh, they were they were. <laughs> I, I remember my, my very first class. It was more like a lecture. I just went on for the entire 45 minutes just talking. Oh, uh, just trying to make it through. And, and the one girl raises her hand and she's like, This your first time teaching this? Oh, no. <laughs> you got called out. Yeah, and I didn't know how to respond because I didn't want to say yeah. and I, But I didn't want to say no because I didn't want to lie. And I'm like, Well, you tell me. And then the bell rang and then they all left. But it that's was, how it ended. You that was said, how you it tell ended. Me. Yeah. But I remember when I when I when I figured out that I really I really liked teaching because there was this girl in my in my class and it was right after Christmas and she had gotten a new pair of Uggs for Christmas and she was so excited about them because she wanted them and uh, her mom ordered them online and she was showing them off and I went over to her and I said, "Hey, show show me your your Uggs." She's like, "Why?" I said, "Just show me your Uggs. Put it up on the on the the chair." She puts her foot up, and then I said, I hate to tell you this, but those those are knockoffs. And she's like, what do you mean they're knockoffs? And I said, look at the seam on the front of your toe. See how it's a, it's a straight seam? She's like, yeah. I said, signature Uggs, authentic Uggs, have a zigzag seam on them. She goes, my mom ordered these online. 
And I said, I, 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 where'd they come from? She goes, I don't know. And I said, I don't know either. And she was really sad, like the whole class. And then at the end, I was like, by the way, I was just kidding about the Uggs. Oh, no, dude. And she goes, F you, Mr. Keola. Oh, no. And she walks out of the room. It oh, was, it, like I had a really, good, oh I had a really good rapport with her. It was funny. It was, it was, it was funny, but it was like when you're teaching high school, you can kind of joke around with the kids like that. And and I remember that because after that, I was like, you know, this isn't so bad. So just making like that connection. Yeah, just just student. just having just being yeah, just having a good time. And and and, and if I, I like, I knew that she was not going to be like completely distraught about it so like i yeah. knew i knew her at that point and that she could she could handle it and it's she a, took it pretty well that was the first time i was actually ever cussed at and that last time yeah you let her get away with that huh I, I let her have that one yeah. wow yeah but i i just i don't like a lot of a lot of teachers will tell me like you know the, the kids are, are are mean or they're they're i i really like teaching high school i like the kids of violent i love the families in violent it's just and, and i get a lot of times when if I'm outside of Vineland and I say, oh, I, I teach in Vineland, and they're like, oh, how's that? And I'm like, actually, it's kind of fun. Why? What's the... Uh... I, there's a connotation that Vineland's a rough school, and, and it's not perfect, but we have such a wide range of kids. We have a, a great, diverse population. We just have so many families from different backgrounds and areas. It's it's When when we do, like, back-to-school night, parent-teacher conferences, I, I love meeting the families and seeing them with their kids. It, it's just... It is a really great community, and I, I have really enjoyed teaching there, and I, I do enjoy it. I love that story because what a lot of new teachers or, or just anyone outside of education don't realize is, is the really interesting dynamic between a teacher and a student where you want them to like you, but you also want them to respect you. Yeah. You want them to feel comfortable, but you don't want them to feel too comfortable. And so it's a really interesting dynamic in which you over the years can find ways to earn their respect but still have them like you because you know you always get the teacher who is too strict and mm -hmm. before you know it they're screaming and their scream means nothing because no one respects them then you get the opposite end where there's a teacher who wants to be everyone's best friend and the kids might love them but uh they don't respect him and, and they'll walk all over him and be as loud as it can be but if you can find a way to earn their respect and still be as fun as you want to be, yeah. you know that you're going to be able to teach a, a hell of a class. A, a lot of it, I think, is intuition and knowing which battles to choose because you, you don't have an infinite amount of energy and you can't pursue every little thing that happens. But being able to discern what's important, like what to discipline and what to kind of take aside and say, hey, you know, you, you shouldn't, this is a no-no. Kind of understanding the... Uh, the um, the use of force concept where like you have, you know, you have like different tools, you know, you can, you can give the look or you can oh, teacher look. Do you have your teacher look? I, I do. Yep. I got my teacher look. <laughs> you have, you have the, Hey, I got to talk to you after class. You know, you have a one-on-one -on -one conference or, and then you have, you can call the parent and then you have the discipline referral and, and you have like a, a range of these tools that you can use and, and knowing kind of which one to use. And, and, but also there's an element of perspective too, like, to see it from the student's point of view, like this is, you know, a 15 or 16 year old kid or, you know, however old your students are, have they been in this situation before? We have adults mm. have seen this before, but have they experienced and do they, do they actually know what the right thing to do is? And you don't want to throw the book at the kid that was just, just had no idea. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's just, hey, 
this is what happened, this is this is what you did wrong, and this is why it was wrong, and this is maybe what you should have done instead. That goes a long way that's with a the really, kids. It's a really good experience because yeah. a lot of times kids are too afraid to see how far they can push the line. And I think it's a good thing. See yeah. what you can get away with without crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Can you mess around to some degree? Yeah. Can you mess around too much? Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing to know, not just for the classroom, but for life in, in general. Yeah. And, and, and intent is, is really important to keep in mind with, with students because you, you know, it, it's like, it's like the F word, right? You can, you can say it with a variety of different meanings. You can say F you, which is malicious, or you can say you're F and awesome. And yeah. the, the, the intent behind something means so much. And, and to kind of keep that in mind as, as you're making these decisions on how you're going to discipline, if you're going to discipline, you know, what tool in your toolbox to use, really all of those factors go into the decision as to how you proceed with something that, that may be awry in your classroom. And sometimes it's just seeing things and, and not being surprised you know, just, hey, you know, I, I've seen this before. I've done it before. I, I know what you're trying to do, you know, and, and it's experience, like you said. Yeah, man. But I still, I mean, I've, I've by no means seen it all. I get surprised all the time. And so <laughs> that, that's to me is part of the fun part of the job is like just seeing what happens. I, next. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, dude. I, I also, what I really love is seeing the impact that I get to make. And uh, one of my favorite, I remember my fifth grade teacher, Miss Buchanan. Uh, I was, uh, or no, I, I was in fourth grade and her sixth grade students would sometimes come back and say, hey, to her. I didn't get it. I was like, these kids are coming to see their teacher. Well, here I am. I'm still in touch with Miss Buchanan to this day because she impacted me so much. And I knew I wanted to be that type of teacher, the one yeah. that really makes the impact. And here I am in my life where my original students have kids of their own now. They have their own careers. And they're writing me emails and telling me, you know, the uh, the impact I made. And those are like, those messages are like, are, are, are like treasures to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've always worked with a different group than you have. I've always worked with, uh, right now it's preschoolers, but uh, summer camp, it's all the way up to 14. Right. And uh, before that, I was teaching fourth and fifth grade for 10 years so you know they were very young um i'm so curious like what are those experiences like between you and your high school students do you get to connect with them still and and make some kind of impact like down the road like do they come back and visit me not necessarily but just do you feel like what you get to do makes an impact yes i do and and i think that being a high school teacher is, is a better placement for me as a person because um, I do enjoy mentoring. Like we do a lot of mentoring in the, in the military and I enjoy that element of talking about careers and what you want to do with your life. And, you know, what are you, gonna, what are you doing after high school? We, you know, considered this more of like an adult level, level conversation. I don't know if I would do well in a fourth grade classroom because I would just. I think you'd be surprised because you do. <laughs> I do. And when you do have, because most of these kids don't get that kind of conversation. Yeah. I've had fourth graders where we sit down and we talk about some like really introspective stuff and, and they walk away from it like, wow, like yeah. I've never had a conversation like that before. And, and, and I really appreciated it. I do get frustrated because I want to have more dialogue and one-on-one with my students. And, and sometimes just the scheduling and classes don't permit that. And it's tough because I have 
anywhere from 100 to 150 students a year in my, and, and I see them for 45 minutes a day, and then it's like they're out, and the next Brother, 25 are in. And that's why I always stuck to private schools. Yeah. I get to basically make my own curriculum, do yeah. things the way I want, not have to worry about standardized testing, and have the classroom that I know is best for the kid. In my, I don't want to say, like, I know best, but I know when I put my classroom together and I set it up, the kids go home very happy and very educated. Yeah. Email has helped a lot, believe it or not. Now that we have Google Classroom and the students all have their email accounts, I, I will spend a lot of time just emailing students. Like that, if I say, hey, uh, you looked like you were a little off today in class, you okay? And I've gotten to some pretty in-depth conversations with some students via email about, you know, good good stuff, career stuff, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so that's actually helped quite a bit. I feel like I can connect with them kind of behind the scenes. Uh, without having to like, hey, let's have a conversation about your life in front of the entire class. Because some kids don't want to do that. Like they don't want to have that conversation yeah, in front of people. So, uh, I mean, you, you, you know, you, you use what you have. Um, and, and, and we're making it, I think we're making it work. It, the last couple of years have been challenging. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I think we're all, I think we're all doing for the most part, really good. It, it's it's an adjustment for, for us. I hope it's okay with me asking you this, but as, as a whole, from from day one to now, like, are you proud of the work you've done in the classroom? From the beginning of my career to now? Just as a whole, what you've done with students. I, I, I think majoritively, yes. Um, I, you know, with, with, any, with any career, I think you would look back and think that you could do things better. But I think for the most part, yeah, I, I've enjoyed teaching. I, I, feel, I feel like I've made an impact, uh, especially because we have an ROTC unit in the in the school, and I get oh. to I get to connect with the kids, uh, uh, you know, about military stuff, which is which is kind of nice. I, hand, I, I I live off that stuff. Like I constantly, every day, feel very lucky. Like on my birthday a few weeks a week ago, you know, I come downstairs and there's cake and there's all the kids have made me these little cards with scribble all over it and happy birthday, Master Sam, and I feel very appreciated. And I think I need that in my life. Like, yeah, see, I, I don't I don't get as much of that. With I, I don't know if it's being at the high school level, being where I'm that's at. where it is. Yeah. Like I don't get. Um, you know, teacher appreciation day, I might get one or two kids that say, Hey, thanks for being a teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like it just, dude, it, I walk downstairs and it's master Sam and hugs and love. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's gotta be an age thing too. See, that, that, yeah. That's, I think there's an element of it. It's not cool to, to, you know, be friendly with your teacher. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, it, my, my career hasn't been uh, showered with gifts and, and praise from my students and, um, in fact, if I, I know with with the teaching profession, it's a really high attrition rate in, in the early years. I think what like fifth, I don't know what the stats are, but it's some high percent leave the career field within the first three to five years. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's something something. Well, like I that. think a lot of those people would probably be people thinking, "I'll be a teacher. I get summers off, and uh, you know, it's not so hard." And blah blah blah. I'll just go in there and do and the it's, yeah, it's yeah. And like, then they realize different. what teaching really is, and it's like I'm out. Well, what I would what I would say to to anybody who wants to be a teacher, who is a new teacher, and you get into that position and you feel kind of. Uh, you know, disenchanted by the whole process is all the things that you said, right? You, you've been in this position for a while now and students are starting to come back and thank you. And it takes a little bit of time for you to start 
seeing the the, the mm. rewards of your career. Like it, it takes a little bit of time for you to get comfortable. It takes a little bit of time for you to get fluent with your with your content. It takes a little bit of time to develop those classroom management skills. I mean, you're not even close at no. the three year mark. Like. And, and you don't have kids coming back saying, "Thank you for being a great teacher." It's a little bit like putting money into a savings account. Like it's not very exciting. Putting part of your paycheck into a savings account is not exciting. And it takes a while for that money to mature to when you can look at it and say, hey, I'm making some growth here. Once you hit three or, or five, seven, nine years and you start to become a seasoned teacher, then those things kind of start to come to fruition and you start getting students back and down the road, like, you know, your students, you taught their parents and, you know, you're going to see that benefit as time passes. So a lot of times it's just, understanding that you're not a bad teacher by any means. It just, it's the nature of the career. It just takes time for it to ferment. It takes time for you to start to feel rewarded. I think a lot of go into it expecting it to be happy and joy from day one. Mm. And the reality is that sometimes it's not. No. It's frustrating. It's tiring. It's demanding. It's very emotionally draining. Like I'll go home at night sometimes and I'm just wiped out. And I'm like, I wasn't working construction. I wasn't building a brick wall, but my body feels tired. But it's it's a your teaching is it's a series of decision after decision after decision all day long. It's just nothing but high speed rapid decision making, and it's it's exhausting and but performing. You, yeah, and but you do build an endurance, and you do get better at it, and you learn to be efficient, and you learn mm, you know you, you yeah. find your groove. Yeah, I disagree with what you said earlier. I think that, uh, not that I'm trying to persuade you either way, but I think you'd be a hell of a fifth grade teacher, man. <laughs> I well, think, thank you. I appreciate that, Sam. I think the kids would just love you, love your energy and your excitement, and I think uh, it'd be mutual from you. I think you would love their energy and uh, their excitement to see you every day. Just throwing that out there because I did it for many years, and I can see you doing it and really enjoying it. I have, I have definitely considered it. I've thought, you know, hey, what I, what I brought in my educational skills if I if I change grade levels, but uh, I don't know if I have the certification to do that. Like when you're public, you I think you have to have a K through five educator mm. uh, early, chi yeah, I early childhood. Yeah, early education. It's degree. been so long since yeah, I've been through all that. I have yeah. one of those yeah. too. So yeah, you do need one of those, and that would be. At this stage of life, <laughs> I, I could go middle school, but I don't think I want to go that route. I would teach my mid, I would teach my students fourth, fifth, sometimes sixth grade, but I would do PE with also the middle school, and then suddenly, you know, my fourth and fifth graders are now an eighth grader, seventh grade. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what has happened to you? <laughs> they definitely didn't think I was cool anymore, and they were so mean to each other. Yep, yep. I was like, keep me away from middle yep. school. Special people teach middle school for yep. sure. Yep. So uh, before we get to the chat pack, let's just talk a little bit about your military, man. You're you're man of the country. Uh, thank you for your service. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. You've been at it for a long time. I've, I have 18 years in. Yep. 18 years. Uh, what you proud of, man? What you been doing over these eighteen years? So I, I spent the majority of my career in uh, my CE unit. Uh, shout out to the one seventy seven Civil Engineering Squadron. I I, I did uh, resting barriers and, and generators. So, um, an arresting barrier is basically a, a cable that's strung across the runway that if a, a, a fighter jet can't stop itself, tail hook drops down and grabs onto that cable and 
these massive braking systems slow it down. What? So, yeah, so we would install those and maintain those. That was your job? That was, that was half my job. Your job was to make sure that the jets that were out of control actually make it to a full stop. Yeah, in a way. When you say it like that, it sounds really important. But uh, it, it actually, it was pretty cool. It was very rewarding. Uh, we, we enjoyed it because we got to go out on the runway and watch the jets. Like we, well, we, we, if, if the cable isn't used uh, in a year, we have to recertify it. So they would taxi out a, a, a jet and they'd hit it with the cable at about 100 miles an hour. And, and we're there like 50 feet away from it. It was pretty cool. That, that was probably one of my favorite parts of that. Dude, job. it's just like from a guy on the outside who thinks of the military, think a guy marching, gun, you know, maybe doing push-ups, pull-ups, someone screaming at them in the mud. Uh, you never think about these jobs that need to be done. Oh, there's, so like, many, there's so many jobs in the military. That That's one that I would have never even thought of. And the other half of it, I, I did uh, uh, generators. So we would do um, uh, backup generators and uh, kind of maintain those, put them in, make sure, you know, all the important equipment, a backup power, buildings, a backup power, that kind of stuff. So you're, a, you're a pretty handy dude. I, I, I can hold a wrench. We'll say that. Yeah, speaking of, sorry, I got to put my coat on. Speaking of how handy you are, not to go back to something before, but your little in-house gym that you sent me <laughs> pictures of, let me explain this to the people out there. Not only does he have like a universal machine and his sets of dumbbells, he, <laughs> I dare you to try to go to his house and steal something because this man is armed to the teeth. All across his wall are nunchucks, swords, throwing knives. I think I saw a sigh in there and some yep. bow staffs. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, basically, you had the entire Ninja Turtle arsenal in your basement. That, that was that was the one thing I wanted in a house. Ever since I was a kid, I'm like, I want my own little gym and, and place where I can, you know, do my martial arts and stuff. Even if it's just me goofing around, kicking a bag. But uh, that, that's one of my favorite. That's my hangout in my house. That's one of my favorite spots. Like, yeah, dude. And I love that. I was only bringing it back to that because I noticed you put it all on the walls and yeah. like just it was a cool setup. Um, okay, so you did all that. Uh, what are you doing nowadays? Because I know you're still enlisted. So, so I, I'm actually I, I have the the very distinct privilege of working on a, a leadership program up at our joint first headquarters. Oh, so we're um, so you're working with kids again? No, no. It's 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 with members of the guard. Uh, so uh, we, we put a program together called the Catalyst Program, and it basically uh, people, uh, members of the, of the unit, they, they uh, apply for this program, and, and they get put into a cohort, and, and they get these experiences where they get to listen to senior leaders talk. Uh, we, we go to an over, overnight offsite. We do a state government tour. Uh, there's different discussions, and it, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a little bit of a professional development series that you would do, and it's it's a it's a level of exposure that they wouldn't otherwise get. So they get to talk to like some important leaders and Q and A with them that they might not normally get. So um, I'm I'm a full time support for that, and it's it's really been cool. I've I've enjoyed doing it a lot. I, I've done I've done other stuff. I've done um, I did a tour in base education for a little while. I did some stuff for our. Um, uh, COVID response cell. And uh, so I've, my last couple of years in the military has been up at our uh, fighter wing headquarters, which I've gotten a lot of experience doing a lot of different things. And I've really enjoyed the last couple of years of my, of my career. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next few years. Dude, I hope you're proud of yourself, man. I, I know you, you seem like a guy who's a little hard on himself. And it's like, here you are, you're making an impact with kids. You're protecting our country. And all at the same time, you're, you're keeping yourself in shape and kicking butt in martial arts. Like you should be pretty proud of yourself, brother. 
Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, there's no more appreciation than uh, how I appreciate a dude who can punch me in the face at martial arts <laughs> class and then show up for my podcast the next day. I mean, that, is that love or is that love? That was awesome, yeah. <laughs> dude, uh, are you ready for something called the chat pack? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. Oh, man. I got four here, but only two of them are going to come your oh, way. This was the thing I think is making me most nervous. Oh, be very afraid. Do, do I get to pass on any of these if they're... Heck no, you let, dude. You let Mary pass. Did I let Mary? Yeah. Dude, no, it's okay. but do you want to... I'm, I'm going to rise to the challenge for you, Sam. I got you. Mary passed, huh? <laughs> I didn't even remember that. All right, here we go. Oh. Well, this should be a, a decent one for you, unless you want to pass. Nope. Give it to me. What would your dream house look like? Be as descriptive. As possible. My dream house. I kind of feel like my current house is my dream house. You're living like, the dream. I, 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 really, I really like my house. We have a great layout. We have a great setup. The only thing that I would change about my current house is I want a bigger yard. I'd like to have more land. Oh, a good yeah. yard is, I mean, I, it's a lot yeah, more grass yeah, to cut, I, but still. I, I would like to have maybe like five acres. I, I, I like the neighborhood, though. Uh, dream house that I don't already have. That's a tough one. I mean, for me, I'm thinking I want a room with a pro wrestling ring. I want another room that's just for working out. I need a movie theater. See, I, ha I have a movie theater. Shut up. I do. Shut up. I do. It's Dude, awesome. What are we doing here? We I, need to I go. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I need to come yeah, over. Yeah, you should totally come over. I got a movie theater, ping pong table. What do you mean by movie theater? Like, you've got the Like, seats? it's a whole wall. Well, I have two big couches side by side. I don't have movie theater couches. Okay. Uh, but I have... Rec I have like recliners. I have two sets of recliners down there. The whole wall is the. I have a, um, a Sony cinema projector in the ceiling. How's the sound? So I got surround sound behind yeah. the walls. Yeah, I mean it's it's. I'm such a bum. Like I'm totally content just staying in on Friday and Saturday night watching movies. Well, have you seen the new Ghostbusters? No, I haven't. Can we make a date to watch Ghostbusters? Absolutely. Because I am so sad I haven't seen it in theater. I figure this would be the next best. If you thing. want to see it in a theater, you come to my house. We are we're actually watching uh, the the Marvel movies in timeline order. Disney, I love how they do D that. Disney Plus put it in timeline, so we are up to. Yes, we just finished uh, Thor: The Dark World, so we watched. Was that somewhere in the middle of the like, timeline? It's like the first. I think it's the end of the first quarter. Like, there's so many more movies. After. I don't know about you, but because my kids were so young, I totally I, I watched the first X Men, the first Avengers, but then I was just out of the game. I, I couldn't track any of it. So when I saw Disney had done the timeline order, I'm like, we're doing it. And since we've been doing this, like, it's so much more enjoyable because we're seeing the same characters loop back in, and we're able to put the pieces together. Oh man, we're, that's we're, awesome. We're watching. We're uh, we're tracking Boba Fett too. Which I haven't seen the, the most. Are you a Star Wars person? Yeah, middle of the ground. I mean, I'll watch it. I did watch the uh, Boba Fett show, and I, I thought it was pretty darn cool. Okay. Yeah, but no, I wouldn't say I'm a Star Wars geek. I didn't grow up a Star Wars nerd, but um, I've gotten more into it recently. Like The Mandalorian really got me into it. I, I loved The Mandalorian. Yeah. And Boba Fett's a little bit like that. Uh, so so I've, I've a newfound, and my kids like Star Wars, too. Wow, you so. started Star Wars late in the game, yeah. huh? You know, Rogue One really got me interested, too. Rogue One is, I think, one is probably my favorite Star Wars movie. All right. It's just really well done. I, I enjoyed it. All right, maybe after I finish that timeline, I'll start the Star Wars. I was actually looking to see if they had the Star Wars timeline, but they don't. So I'm going to write to Disney that and say, hey, yeah, you guys should do this. You guys need to get to work. Have I'm you all... seen that show, by the way, The Umbrella Academy? No. Dude, 
watch the Umbrella Academy. It's based off a graphic novel. I'm only saying that to you and the listeners because it's it's amazing. Is it good? It's real good. Okay. All right, dude. Question number two. Yes. Shuck it, dude. Good luck. Boom. Wow, he picked that with confidence. You've no doubt heard the expression, they couldn't pay me enough to do that job. So, what job would that be for you? What is a job that, man, even if it was, you would be making bank, you wouldn't even go near it. You know what I wouldn't do? What's that? I know you're deep in thought, so I'm just going to express... I would never do, not that anyone would want this, but I would never be president of the United States. I think that's the craziest job ever. I don't know why anyone would want to. So that would be mine. I don't think I would ever want to own a casino. (laughs) Good answer. Well, I'm just trying to think of, like, I don't want to do anything that hurts anybody. Oh. I I don't want to, like, I know, I, I, I feel like I've heard and seen people lose so much and, it, and the odds are not in your favor never they're not the house always wins and I, I i just feel like i wouldn't want to put people in a situation where they're not better off like i like helping people and i feel like that's the opposite i don't want to do a job where it's the opposite of helping people i, th- I never thought about that yeah. yeah we both are in careers where like the objective should be to help people i've yeah. never thought about it where the objective is just to Get money, yeah, yeah, and and if it means breaking someone's life, so be it. Yeah. Um, not that there's anything wrong with casinos. It's oh yeah, no, like, no, no. I just, but no, that's a really good answer. I never thought about that. Yeah. I couldn't be there on the floor if I saw someone who had just lost their life savings and they were on tears. I'd want to help them. Yeah, I, I, I'd be, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd be able to sleep at night. I'd be like, dude, just take it back. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a big casino person. I'm not a big city person. I, I like. Yeah. I like my movie theater. Yeah. I I can't wait to enjoy that movie theater myself, my brother. Uh, Dude, before we get out of here, is there anyone in the world you want to give a shout out to? I I have to say hi to my wife, Valerie, and my two kids living in Elena. Just, I'm very, very blessed and very lucky to have the family that I have. And uh, I I can't even put words to it sometimes how lucky I feel. So I love you girls. All three of you. That's beautiful, man. I had three boys, and now I have a girl, and so I get it. (laughs) Yo, there's something about having your own girl. It's like, you got my heart. Yeah. Dude, uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, not often I get to meet someone and actually become, like, a friend, and not to be a cheese ball. But I love you, dude. I love you, too, man. I'm really glad we got to know each other, and uh, I'm looking forward to years of friendship with you. Hell, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Chris Keola. (laughs) 